Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Front End Nationwide. This is the Athletics Dedicated Blue Jackets podcast. Aaron Ports, I'm with you on a Friday morning. Allison Lucan is here. Good morning. We're going to have Blue Jackets VP of Allison, what's the title? Strength and player performance, strength and conditioning. It's uh, it's high performance. VP of high performance. Nelson Aote is going to join us. Um, he is a he's a fascinating dude in his own right. He's always been sort of at the cutting edge of fitness and physique. I don't know if I'm presenting him right here or not, but um, he is he's an impressive guy, and we've got a lot of questions for him. Uh, certainly dealing with the the NHL and the Blue Jackets' ability to ramp up uh, if this season ever does uh, get going again. You're starting to hear reports now around the league about the the league's idea to have four central sites. Our Pierre Lebrun uh, reported this morning that 12 cities are being considered uh, up to, for, to be one of the four uh, sites. Columbus is one of them. Uh, so what will it take for these guys to get up and going? How much of a ramp up do they need? with the time they've had off. Uh, so it should be an interesting chat with Nelson. Uh, first, some news. Uh, the Blue Jackets, the second uh, week in a row, have made uh, goalie contract news. Elvis Merzlikin signs a two-year deal worth $8 million. He'll make $3 million next season. He'll make $5 million the following season. And then he'll be an unrestricted free agent. So now he and Corpus Allo are both signed, both under two-year deals. Um Merzlikens is quite a bit heftier than than Corpusalo's. His carries a two point eight million dollar cap hit. Does Corpusalo? Uh, Elvis has a four million dollar cap hit, uh, and all of that's based off of his numbers and his performance. Uh, we can get to that in a second. Allison, your thoughts now? I think there's. I don't think there was ever any doubt that both of these guys uh, were going to be signed, and yet there is still a, a sense of relief that the Blue Jackets are. Uh, under contract with their two top goaltenders. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's one less thing to worry about, right? And I I have talked about this incessantly. I think it's great to have quality goaltending at enough, pardon the term, but an affordable price. Um, and it, we knew this was going to happen. I even said when Corpusalo's deal got announced first, I was kind of surprised because we knew that talks had started with Elvis before the se- season hit pause. So it, it, it's good. I mean, I, there's, I don't really have any negative things to say about 
either deal and then the fact that play in net is solidified for the for the next coming two years uh, barring a trade yeah and it's going to be interesting to see how they handle it with those two guys when is the best time for them to make a move in terms of a trade i don't think anybody thinks that these guys are going to be the one two punch in either order in columbus for more than another year right i think it would be odd to wait until they're in their final year of their contract to change them, that diminishes the return. I don't think this rules out in any way a trade. Um, but we looked at the numbers here. There's five goaltenders in this league already for next year set to make more than Corpus Allo and Merzlikens combined. As it stands right now, and this is with with uh, Braden Holpe. Well, I'll go through the list here. Holpe, Crawford, Lehner, Markstrom, Grice, Talbot. There's some NHL starters that are UFAs this year who have yet to sign. And even with those six guys I mentioned unsigned for next year, Merzlikens is 23rd among NHL goaltenders in cap hit. Corpus Allo would be 28th. Uh, so those guys should probably be pushed down into the late 20s and early 30s in Corpus Allo's uh, case. So it, the point is they're both at this point uh, still a bargain for the Blue Jackets. Absolutely. And, and you know, here's the thing. I, I, again, if you look at league trends, when you overpay at any position, it ends up, you know, tying your hands in terms of your overall roster. So I think it's great from that perspective. And while it's affordable, it's it's good for these two players. These two players, whether people like it or not, these are both of them got nice, sizable raises. They had great seasons. So th- this is the natural progression of things. And I think particularly because the cap is, you know, Yarmo mentioned it when, on the conference call yesterday, the cap is not going to go up <laughs> no. unless something crazy happens for next year. So again, to have such a key position at an affordable percentage of your overall cap is huge for this team. So when is the right time for them to make a move? I know you're a proponent. Many would be. In a perfect world, you'd keep them both, mm-hmm. right? You'd keep them both, and the best guy gets to play more, but they're both pretty damn good goalies. And yet I, I think it would be reckless to hold on to – I don't think you can go too much longer with these guys both thinking they're number one goaltenders. They're young, yes, but they're not like crazy young. One's 25, one's 26, both of them want to get on with their careers here. Corpus Allo's waited behind by, behind Bobrovsky forever. Uh, I don't think he wants to wait behind somebody else in Columbus. Merzlikin stayed in Europe until he was ready for the NHL, and the NHL was ready for him. Uh, I know he doesn't want to be a backup. Now, I don't think either of them are going to get ugly about it this year. There's still a very good relationship between the two. It's still healthy competition. But you wonder when is best for this team to make a move? When is best for those individuals to make a move? And again, if, if they wait another year, so if they wait until this point next year, both of those guys will be going into the last year of their deal before their UFAs. I don't think I don't rule out anything in terms of when either of one of them could be traded. I think it's likely Corpusalo is the guy that moves, but I think the trade market will determine that. As well, Allison, do you have thoughts on that sort of dilemma for the Blue Jackets? It's a good one, but a dilemma. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that the last sentence you said is what's key, is that it's there There can't be a, on date X, we need to trade a goaltender. It's It depends on what deals are out there, what is the value of each player 
if they are movable. And, and let's not forget that this team still didn't really know who they wanted to move forward with when the season hit pause. I think that there's right. value in seeing both of these guys play some more. I think it's it's like when you have something that, that can be really valuable to to the people who have something that you want. You have currency. And if the deal's right, and it's right for what you're going to get back and what you're still going to be able to keep, you look at the trade. But I don't I don't know that there needs to be a target per se because it's all about what they can bring back to you and also still allowing yourself to have time to know who you really, 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 really want to move forward with long-term. Yeah. I think the only key is you want to do it while you are still in the driver's seat. For sure. Totally. While you are still the, the, the team that is dictating. For sure. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. They've got some more deals to get done. Of course, Josh Anderson, Pierre-Luc Dubois, on and on. Uh, so contracts uh, still being worked on as the season continues and pause. Let's bring in uh, our friend Nelson now. Nelson Ayot with the Blue Jackets. Um, Nelson has been with the Blue Jackets for a number of years now. Came from St. Louis. VP of High Performance. That's a hell of a title. Well, Nelson, thanks so much for uh, doing this. We've been trying to get you on here for a little while. I'm glad it could finally work out. Uh, thanks for having me, Aaron. Yeah, should be a good time. Um, first of all, uh, just how are you doing? How are things in, in your family and how difficult is your job right now? What is your job right now with, with guys spread uh, literally all over the all over the globe? And you're not able to get at them, Nelson. I'm sure it's driving you crazy a little bit. Uh, no, not necessarily. Uh, it's um, To me, it feels a lot like the first month of the off season okay. uh, after the season's over then we have like two weeks the guys go on vacation and then after that uh i tr- i start to try to get in contact with everyone and then see how their program goes so it's it's pretty much that the same way right now the way it works it's it's distance programming for the one that need help and then distance communication uh, just to look where uh, the players are at this time gotcha now these guys have been i think it was march some mid-March, 11, 12, 13, somewhere around there, where, where this thing was was shut down pretty quickly. Some of these guys, Nick Foligno's got a, a pretty close to full gym in his house. Some guys don't have much of anything in their apartment complex. And even in some of those complexes, the workout areas have been closed, obviously. What can you, what have you had these guys do? I know you talked to our Tom Reed about this um, a while back, but Tell us what these guys can do to stay as close to shape as possible without all of the gear that they're used to working with. Uh, basically, we, we just go back a bit uh, a bit in time. Uh, I might, I'm, I'm probably lucky that I've been, been doing this for close to 30 years now. And, and before, uh, athletes were not, and especially hockey players, they were not in the gym all the time. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that you can do uh, in your house and, and in your home or, or outdoors uh, that can permit you to, to stay in shape. So that's basically what we uh, what we do right now, and that's how we started with them. We send it like a, a whole body program. Uh, in the meantime, though, because nobody knew uh, how long this was going to be, yeah. it started that way. But now more and more uh, players ordering equipment. <laughs> oh, okay. Interesting. So they're getting stuff at home. So you can have them do push-ups, sit-ups, pull-ups. You can have them run. 
um, up and down steps. Uh, what other what other kind of like I know guys are jokingly call them calling them prison workouts. Um, what all does it entail? What is it just the basic stuff that we all kind of grew up with in gym class? Uh, yes and no. I honestly, like I said, it's because we maybe a new generation hasn't been exposed, but there's thousands of stuff you can do outside actually. Um, but we, we used to have athletes in, in the late eighties, early nineties, having a strength training, but, uh, on the flank of a mountain with nobody else be, beside themselves. And, uh, and again, like you can do a full, full strength program, uh, outside, basically, uh, there's trees, there's, there's rocks, there's, there's runs, there's woods there. So there's, there's so much stuff they can do. Uh, it require more imagination just because uh, maybe the exposition was less, but, uh, I don't think physically there, there's uh, there's an advantage of a gym, but I don't think there's a disadvantage of training outside. That's actually it might expand uh, a lot of our workout in the future. Actually, so this this is a silver lining right there. Yeah. Now I think the without really knowing when this thing is going to get started, this may be a difficult question to to answer, or maybe not. How much time optimally? would you need to get these guys ready to play in a game? They haven't skated for six weeks, most of them. Some guys in, in Sweden are back uh, skating a bit now. What's the ramp-up look like for you, ideally? What's the shortest you what's, – what's ideal and what's the shortest amount of time you would need to get these guys up and ready to play a game? Um, I think it's anywhere, depending on the players, between 21 to 28 days. Okay. Huh. So three weeks to four weeks. Yes. Yeah. Depending on their shape level, depending on their uh, age, but not necessarily age, uh, how old they are, but what is their training ages? Because you have some players at 22-year-old that are on training age 10, and there's some 22-year-old players that are on training uh, year three. So yeah, okay. depending on their base, uh, you need less time. Nelson, I know when you talked to Tom right when the season paused that you didn't think rollerblading was the ideal replacement for skating, but now we're seeing a ton of guys are, are doing that. Can, can rollerblading help? Is that a good cardio exercise for these guys right now? Yeah, no, cardio-wise, it's fine. Uh, the, the, the exercise per se is not bad. Why I never uh, give, because at that time we were talking about uh, rollerblading and more in, in line with what's going on in the summer and, and when the, the athletes grow up. Uh, the only issue I have with, with rollerblading is um, because our, our sports doesn't make us healthier, actually, it, it makes us worse. Mm-hmm. And rollerblade um, is the same motion as skating, which is not a natural uh, motion and it it wear the hips a little faster. Mm. Um, we we have a phenomenon right now in the sports that we see a hip surgery for 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 kids now in their twenties. That's something that we used to see with players that have fifteen to twenty years in the league. Now those injuries are coming like at ten fifteen years earlier, and and I think it's because we got over uh, specialized in, in our sports. Uh, right now, what would, could be good for our guys? It's usually right now they should be on skate, so that's that's not uh, that's not an issue. But when skating stop, usually that's not recommended to go back on on, on rollerblading for for the off season, for instance. 
Gotcha. To, does that make sense? It does. Okay. And, and to that point, you know, I've said this a couple times, it, it's got to be a demand on these athletes because they have to stay in shape not knowing when this season might resume. This isn't really an off season for them. To that idea of training age, is this duration of having to try and stay at, at a, a, a level that they're maybe trying to stay at, are you concerned about that? Is this duration longer than you would ideally like for them to have to be training and not recovering? Oh yeah, of course, of course it is. It's it's, it's drag long, a lot longer than uh, what what the optimal is. Uh, the good news for that, like I mentioned to Tom, there's 31 teams that are in in the same boat right mm-hmm. now. So there's nobody that that has unless you're a player that you have access to a sheet of ice by yourself on on your property or. Or, or somewhere, but besides that, there's nothing that's replaced skating on ice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you, to that point too, when you think about maintaining the level of performance of the athlete, how, like Aaron said, let's say this season resumes. Ideally, how much time do these guys need to recover before the next season starts? Because there's talk of, you know, it might start in July, it might start even later, and then the next season starts just maybe one month after that. How, how much time should these guys have to fully recover if this season picks up and finishes? Um, I, I wish I have a, a black and white answer for you, but if, if we look in the past, uh, that's not rare that the, the, the teams that goes in, in the playoff the longest, the team that plays in the Stanley Cup final, mm. usually resume the, they, they have like less than 12 weeks of, of training in the summer uh, that that counting the transition phase from from the season to the off season, uh, and we've seen it's often like those those teams have have trouble until December or January because before they they start to pick up their pace again. And be, this is attribute to uh, this is because of the off season that it's too short. Usually, a good off season for me it's it's around like at least sixteen weeks. Wow. Okay. All right. We talk so much. Nelson. But, oh, go ahead. Uh, Let me interrupt you here. There's one thing, though, that is very, very different here now. It's we stop the season at at around 70 games. So it's not the same fatigue that is in the player right now that if we would have stopped after uh, the the playoff, which which could be like close to to 100 games. So the the fatigue level is, is not the same. Right now, it's kind of having a rest. Uh, because the body will still recover, it's not the same wear and tear than them playing three to four hockey games a week. And uh, so probably like for this particular situation, uh, I think then that we, we don't need the, the 16 weeks. Less, less than that will be, uh, will be adequate, but uh, I really don't have the, the exact answer now. Gotcha. Now, so it's, it's such a long season, 82 games, and then the playoffs – some people have said through the years that the worst hockey played in terms of energy, guys feeling healthy, guys feeling 100% and really being able to play at their max self is the deeper you get into the playoffs. Sometimes the cup finals is just teams bludgeoning each other because their tanks are so close to empty. How different do you think the playoffs could look this year if it does get going again? Now that we've had this six-week break, like you said, it almost feels like an off-season you ramp up, you play the the final eight, ten games, whatever people have left. 
what would the playoffs look like that could be different in terms of energy-wise than they have in previous seasons over the long haul of the playoffs? Uh, I, I don't think it, it'll be it'll be that much different because even as the season goes, and yes, it is a very long season, uh, it's it's going by waves, uh, up and down all season long. So, me, yeah, I think it's it's going to be the same same principle here because everybody's starting with with the same type of, of level of energy and, and teams playing against each other. Uh, it depends which team you played and the style of of play that that the team has. Yeah. Uh, but I don't. I don't think it's going to change. Uh, the, I think the level will be p- pretty much the same. Huh. Uh, Nelson, you have worked with athletes from all all major sports, correct? Yes. Yes. And I've I've dabbled in years as a sports writer in dressing rooms with with all of them as well. Baseball guys covered a lot of baseball. From elbow to wrist, they look like Popeye from swinging lumber all the time. <laughs> um, basketball guys, you don't realize how huge they are because everything on the court is relative. And so the guy that's six foot six who looks kind of average size on an NBA court is huge. NFL guys are massive. So many like linebackers are just physical freaks. Linemen can be they just almost don't even look like we're part of the same uh, species. They're just massive human beings. You saw it last year. Went with a couple of Browns players or a couple of Blue Jackets players up to Browns camp. And you see Nick Felino and Brandon Dubinsky talking to Browns players, and they're awed by the size of these guys. Uh, hockey players are amazing with their with their thighs, with their aerobic ability. Um, to be able to do what they do is is unfathomable for most people. Walk us through the differences between the athletes as you see them and just how cool it is for a guy like in your position to be exposed to the best of the best in four very, very different sports. And I know you've done other stuff as well. You touched on that, if you will. But just how amazing all of these athletes are. And I don't know that we we were awed by these guys. You've seen it up close what they can do physically. Uh, yeah, it's very different. That, and, and I got that question often um, in the sense like uh, training wise, it, it doesn't change much because we, we train an individual, not not a sport first. But what those individual can do, it's very, very, very different. Uh, for instance, and, and you mentioned it like the, the, the squat and, and the bench press of the of the football players compared to to any other major sports is uh, uh, it dwarfs it completely what what those guys can do physically uh, and I actually had the chance to uh, to add like a, a couple of guys from in town here uh, while I was in Arizona like I had uh, Nile Diggs and and I had a, a guy like uh, Maurice Corrette actually just just okay. came and Maurice at that time was even 19 year old and I remember um, we had some hockey players there too at that time. If I remember correctly, it was maybe Chris Pronger, Ron McKinnis that were in the, in the gym at the same time. That's and awesome. when uh, Maurice came on his very, very first day at, at 19 year old and, and the uh, leg curl, one leg at the time, leg curl, 160 pounds, which our max stack was uh-huh. 180 pounds. Wow. Uh, so the guys that <laughs> we, we had to readjust our machines actually for, for some of those, of those players, like That's I was awesome. asking the companies to to change their stacks, um, and uh, and another uh, hockey players for stand for uh, instance and and uh, 
it's a guy that uh, torch coach with uh, with Tampa. It's Chris Dingman. Chris Dingman, his, his shoulders were so wide that we had to change uh, a Smith bench pad because the one that was coming from the factory was not wide enough. His, his wow. arm was on each side of it. <laughs> he, could, he couldn't. Wow. And and uh, like you said, then you you got some basketball players, and you do you do the same exercise, and and then you don't realize that the the wingspan of those guys. So you if, right. if you have them doing curls sitting down, basically the dumbbell touched the ground. <laughs> so, so, yeah. so there's it's the difference between like I said, the exercises are the same, but uh, what what the athletes can perform. Um, it's just completely, completely different. Uh, and like you said, even in football, like you take a line linebacker, then then you put him on the chin up. Uh, poor guy. If if he can do more than, than three or four chin with his body weight, that's that's actually pretty good. Right. <laughs> Pulling this up, it's 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 quite a task. So yeah, it, it's the difference between individuals, uh, and and then you see then it, it comes to a sports. Uh, then you see deficiencies in certain sports, and uh, that's what's. That's actually that's our area which we try to find and then try to correct it and and usually if you if you you're you're able to correct the deficiency the deficiency then then the players will will have a better performance. Uh, Nelson, in your time working with all this wide array of athletes, is there a a single athlete or maybe a couple athletes that really blew you away that was that were really off the charts in terms of just their physical impressiveness? Oh, there there are several. Uh, there are several in, in every sports. I, I could say uh, you look like the Adam Nelson, the, the shot putter. Um, like I haven't, he, I haven't bench pressed for for close to three to four months, and and the first day that he came in the gym, we put him up with a bar, like a, a 2.5 inches bar, and uh, and he bench pressed like uh, well and on the incline, well above 400 pounds. Good lord. Uh, Oh no no, and and it was it was four reps. Like he did like a three or a five five reps with it, uh, and then you look at him. He's a shot putter, so he's, he's a big individual. You you yeah. put hurdles, six hurdles, and and he jumped between hurdles, and he looked like a butterfly. <laughs> uh, that, <laughs> when when you expect like you're like oh my god that thing that things are gonna fly in in the gym. There's gonna be a yard sale there, and right. and no, right. and he's, he's just going like it's the most gracious way. So. So this uh, this guy actually uh, uh, impresses me. And in the hockey, uh, <clears throat> I had the chance to work with. The, I, I think that the physical specimen that uh, that I've seen that the the best guy, the guy that that Yarmo draft with the Blues, it was Roman Polak. That I think now is with the Dallas Star. Yeah. <clears throat> Roman is the only hockey player that I was able to do squats with him five days a week. <laughs> and. Uh, Anybody else will be, you, you'll break them down for sure, guaranteed. You'll injure them. Uh, but Roman was just getting stronger and stronger. Um, that what he could push and what he could do with, with his body, and it's, he has a rare combination of endurance and power, uh, which actually it's optimal for hockey. Uh, but he had that one at, uh, at, at another level. Like it's, uh, we're talking about. Uh, international strength class here, like he yeah. could have competed in, in strong men and stuff like that, not not wow. just hockey. So yeah, there's there's several guys, of course, over the years, everyone has uh, uh, has, has strong uh, uh, strength and, and weaknesses. But there you you see stuff that that you never got once in a while. You see stuff that that you ever seen and you're never going to see ever again either. 
Wow. Nelson, we, we've talked so much about the body and, the, and strength and maintaining that. W what changes, if any, are you guiding the players on in terms of nutrition? Are there any changes or work that you're doing on that side for them? Absolutely. Um, the, the, the first guy that reached out, it's actually Andrew Peaks. Uh, Peaker called me like a, a week and a half or so after the season was over and, and said, hey, I, I know, I, like I want to, I need to get a little bit bigger, a little bit stronger, and uh, so the, the strength training is there, and the conditioning training is there. But uh, what can we do food-wise? And uh, we we had him do his, his journal and then send it back to us and apply a couple of corrections and then stay in contact with him. So this this is, uh, like I said, to me honestly, it's a lot like an, an off season. And I know I shouldn't say that it's not off season. We need to be ready. But uh, this this is how it is. It, it's the distance, and but the, the the job description doesn't change at all. Mm -hmm. it, it, maybe I'm asking this selfishly because I'm sitting around. Even if I work out, I'm sitting around a lot more than I usually do. Do do these guys need coaching on how to maybe control against how little they're doing outside of their training nutritionally, or these guys are pros and they know how to manage that as well. Yeah, no, they, yeah, no, they they know, and more and more, and they know even younger now, because even the the resources that they they have now coming up into the NHL is a lot more than it was 15, 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. So no, the players are are very good at at knowing what they need and and the amount of the need and when they need to rest. And um, yeah, they're they're well-oiled machine. They, they they usually knows what what their their body needs at this time. And again, for them too, it must feel a bit like like a, an off season. Uh, and they know it doesn't matter who you are. You can have the best off season of your life. The first day on the ice, it's going to be like you've done nothing at all. <laughs> right. I've, we've asked you so much about all the players. Are, are there projects that you're taking on or things you're digging into since you have more time, arguably, right now than maybe you expected? Um, yeah, of course. I, I do a lot more reading, uh, a lot more reading than, than usual. And uh, but that's that's about I keep keep reading on on anything that's that's training or performance or uh, leadership and and so on. Uh, so yeah, so that but us again I, I say more than usual. But you you can never really stop in our trade. Uh, I think us and you know uh, Allison like you're you're, you're a certified uh, trainer and and uh, <clears throat> if if you stop. Uh, after 18 months, then you're out of the loop. Mm -hmm. Nelson, thanks for being with us. Really appreciate it. It's, uh, it's, I'm glad you guys had me. I'm, I'm happy to be here. Tell us about your setup there. How many horses you got and how busy are they keeping you? Uh, we, we got, uh, we got yeah, two, two horses. And uh, it's the, the horse is not that much keeping me busy because, it's honestly, this is my wife's project. Uh, I'm the care. I'm the caretaker here, uh, so uh, this is this is more about uh, redoing the pasture. Like we have two pastures, so so I had to work and and we have one that's recovering right now. And it's actually the the fun part of this. It's even this. I see some uh, parallel things of of what I do that with the passion with the animals and what we have to do with the players as well too. Um, for instance, if 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 the soil of the pasture is not at the right pH level, then then you're gonna have more weeds than uh, than grass, and then the, the the sweetness of your soil actually, which is basically the same as the human body. 
so that's actually that's funny because I, I sometimes I, I see some parallel and, and I think it can help me in what I do right now too. Nature, huh? Nature. <laughs> yeah. That's a, who does the shoveling, if you know what I mean. Oh, uh, actually, the mucking the stall. This is my wife. That's mucking. Uh, like That's... I said, the the stable is hers, the barns hers, and me. It's uh, it's more like the fence and and the, the branches, the trees. And if, uh, we had a tree down a couple a couple of weeks ago, so it's it's chainsaw work and uh, splitting wood. And uh, fortunately, I got my son here too. So. Oh, uh, we awesome. go, there's, there's not, the, the work's not missing here. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, thanks so <laughs> Actually, much for I your time. Thinking, oh, I was yeah. thinking to take a couple of players and have them here and then have them come to work. <laughs> for that's a, a workout. For them. <laughs> right. And, and watch how many guys suddenly go back home. Yeah. <laughs> that would be funny. Yeah. Nelson, thanks so much for doing this. Really appreciate it. Okay, you're welcome. Have a great day. And uh, thank you, Allison, too. Take care, Nelson. Okay, bye-bye. Well, thanks for listening. We will be back with you on Tuesday for the next Front Nationwide. Lots of Blue Jackets coverage still up there on the site, still uh, cranking it out. Pretty good couple of stories coming here in the next few days. Uh, so we'll uh, we'll stay with you. Thanks for staying with us, and we will talk to you soon. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.